Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Hey there, tribe. Welcome to another episode of WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech. Jonathan, what episode are we on today? <laughs> you better do the countdown, okay? It's 720. 720. Why do we have to yeah. count down again? That's just I'm I just threw it to you for the for the episode number. That's all. All right. Fair enough. Go on. <laughs> 720. We're on 720. Greg Hyatt is sitting in the front row. As always, we're so happy to have him in the live chat. If you aren't in the live chat, you should come sometime because it's always a party. Hey, come and join you us. can you can get in on the fighting that happens every week on this show. Today I've already uh, scolded the whole panel preemptively to make sure that we're all going to be on best behavior because I'm not having it. Because look at this motley crew that I'm surrounded with. Um, who would like such to a, meet such a fair and balanced panel? Crowd. Who would like to meet your panel? All right, let's start with Mr. John Locke, and we'll just go around in a circle. Yep. So I'm John Locke from Lockdown SEO. Spencer Foreman. This is Spence from WPLaunchify.com, sponsored by Chloroseptic. Stop it. Spencer is in a weird sponsor mood. He's like doing a Sesame Street. This episode's brought to you by the letter S. <laughs> Steven Souter, I'm so excited to have you here. I haven't hung out with you since I got my interview on the on the yeah. Thursday show, WP Tonic. And then I got my 3D glasses, so that was awesome. <laughs> Um, Steven Sauer from Hustlefish. I do not have the number of sponsors that Spencer has, but you know, someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> James Garove. Hi, I am James Drew, and I am oh, from Stellar WP. I said your name wrong. I'm so sorry. All good. I should yeah. have checked that before. Swim right by that it. was a rookie <laughs> hosting move. It's a good, say it again so I say it right. Giroux. It's French Canadian. Giroux. I'm so, I'm so pleased that other hosts can't pronounce like me. <laughs> I just, for the most right. part, I used to live in Australia, and one of the things I, I uh, they can never pronounce it right because obviously French Canadians a bit far for them. Um, so mm-hmm. I just, I just became JG. So if it's easier, just JG call me JG, and, and that'll work. James, it. you're in Chicago, aren't you? I'm in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, actually. Oh, it had you listed previously in Chicago. Were you here around Kathy? Sand or do you, never mind. We'll get to this conversation. Hey, do you guys want to get acquainted on your own time or, <laughs> you know, whatever. There's a, there's and another, our, there's another one that I thought I may have confused you with when I looked you up on LinkedIn a moment ago, but there, mm. there's a different James Giroux in Chicago. Yeah. There's also one in Hawaii. Coincidentally, he's a prosecutor. Um, and there's another one here in Ontario who wrote a book on highway traffic rules. So wow. they're around. We're around. The world <laughs> abounds with you. And uh, in your background, James, you have your number one fan. Okay. I do. My number one yeah. fan. This is not a Zoom background. This is all real. Don't touch it, but it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> it looked more like a Zoom background when you pretended to touch it, weirdly. Mm. Okay, Jonathan, would you like to introduce yourself, our fearless leader on the yeah. WP Tonic podcast? Yes, it's Jonathan Denwood from WP Tonic. Back over to you, Stephanie. 
My name is Stephanie Hudson. I'm thrilled to be here today hanging out with this Motley crew. I am repping Focus WP, where we help you to scale and grow your business by providing an outsourced team that you can delegate all your tasks to. Come hang out with us in our Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz, where we do all kind of cool things. All right. Now, before we dive into our stories for the week, let's have a quick break to hear from our major sponsors. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning, and autofix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. And we're back. Uh, All right, Tribe, don't forget to head over to the WP Tonic website, wp-tonic.com slash recommendations to get more cool stuff. You can get recommendations from our sponsors and some cool things from uh, Jonathan and the rest of the members of the panel. Now to our stories for the week. First up, we are heading... To Master WP, Brian Cords wrote an um, entertaining article. I, I enjoy him. I think he's he's one of my favorites on uh, Master WP. The title of this article is WordPress Leadership Has a Public Relations Problem. This is, however, a very long article, and he talks about a lot of things. So um, who here would like to give their thoughts on who agrees with who agrees with Brian about the yeah. PR? Jonathan? Yeah, I just thought it was a fantastic article. I, I've almost agreed with everything he had to say. I, I Whoa, it was, that's big. It is, isn't it? Don't nobody say that. Um, uh-uh. I just thought it was very insightful and he kind of really clarified my own thoughts about the whole, I've got very contradictory feelings about the whole past couple of weeks in some ways, I'm very bored with the whole thing, you know. But I think the reason why I think it is important is there's bigger issues under what initially looks very um, unimportant um, drama, WordPress drama. But I think the things that drive that drama, apart from Matt's um, responsibility, are bigger issues and I think it's all been laid out in this article in some ways Stephanie so I think it's fantastic yeah I thought he did a great job as well he's he's sort of hitting on a lot of the things that um Matt has been blurting out (laughs) just sometimes don't you just feel like Twitter is a disaster like 
it's just like, why is Twitter always the place that all this stuff happens? Stephen, do you have some thoughts on this? Yeah, I wish I wish they would have titled this article differently. I don't think WordPress has a PR problem. I think maybe Automatic has a PR problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Wor- yeah. WordPress as a whole, I think, is is fine. Um, yeah. And the title makes you believe that like maybe there's other people in WordPress, but at least maybe I've missed some stuff because. It's, but like from what I've seen, it's pretty much just been like what Matt's been saying. Um, but I don't know. I have a lot of sympathy towards Matt. He has like a very, in my opinion, an envious job of trying to lead the WordPress ship. And um, I think we're all like I know at least I'm very frustrated by the speed at which Gutenberg is being implemented. Uh, and I want that solved and fixed. But really, the only way to solve and fix it is to get more people on board um, and helping with it. But you need more uh, experienced people working on it. And you can't just grab like brand new people who've never probably contributed to core before and speed it up. Like I I forget who said it or even how they said it. But essentially, like the idea that like uh, you by grabbing more developers and throwing them into a system like you don't speed up the process at all. In fact, you slow it down because now there's more people to coordinate and collaborate around the idea. So like if we would add more people, it's going to slow the project down for the next year until people get ramped up back up to speed to when we can actually start moving forward. So like it's kind of, I don't know, reaching this fever pitch of people being frustrated, things not moving fast enough. Um, and I think that's what you're seeing from Matt, just like lashing out against like, come on guys, we need to fix this. But I don't think anybody has a good way or idea of fixing it, to be honest. Uh, I appreciated how he gave credit to Josefa in that article totally. as well for what she's been doing. Um, James, what were your thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. I mean, I think this is this is something I'm I'm uh, quite passionate about. Um, you know, this whole idea of creating safety, psychological safety, and and space within the WordPress ecosystem for uh, new voices to um, to emerge. And you know, when you look at at the top, and you have uh, these really out of context comments that that create a flash for the presserati, the, the word presserati, you know, that, that small group of people who sort of sit at the center of WordPress who really do react to this. I think we, we miss an opportunity to invite other people in. And um, whether it's a PR problem or as Stephen was saying, it's a resourcing problem. The reality is, is we're not bringing new people into the ecosystem in a way that creates space for them to learn and grow and thrive. And so seeing Josefa have to step in and do these kinds of things and, and um, fix some of these rough edges, I, I think is, is unfortunate. But I also think it speaks to the opportunity we have as responsible WordPressers to, to ask these questions and go, okay, you know, we want to see Gutenberg moving faster. We want to see, um, you know, our delivery timeline shrink. What can we be doing to to create the conditions to do that. Where's the training for, um, you know, WordPress lead devs or volunteer lead devs to actually be able to equip them to manage teams and manage deadlines better. And um, where's the infrastructure. So I think, I think when I look at this and I see, I agree with Steven, I don't know if it's necessarily a PR problem for, for WordPress. I think it's an automatic PR problem and it's a leadership problem that their team has to, to navigate. And I think um, for WordPress, we've got to figure out, okay, so where are we going to step in and show our own leadership as WordPress and drive this forward? 
um, independent of what's going on in that circle over there. And so what do you think? Yes. I would like to refer us to 1876, The Adventures (laughs) of Tom Sawyer. And in that uh, very well-known Mark Twain book, Tom Sawyer is being punished by his Aunt Polly and given the task of whitewashing the fence. But what he does is he takes something that to most people would seem like a punishment and he makes to his friends it appear like it's a privilege. And in doing so, his friends all are thrilled to paint the fence for him, allowing him to go off and play. WordPress and Matt Mullenweg is the metaphor of Mark Twain's Tom Sawyer. In the beginning... Matt, as the character of Tom, convinced everybody to paint the fence. And we were all thrilled to do so because we we thought it was fun. It was a privilege. Oh, my God, I get to do it. In the early days, they provided an environment that was like the brushes and the paint and everything else, and everybody seemed fair. Flash forward to today, and you can't trick people into doing that anymore because they can see Tom and his buddies over there playing pool and drinking cocktails on the porch now while everybody's sitting over here fighting over how to paint the fence. And every so often, Tom is yelling from the porch, shut up, you idiots, do it faster. Or this sucks, or let's use the competitor's product or whatever the hell is his moment. And that's the problem. The problem is you now have to incentivize people proportional to the reality that they see around them. They are no longer under the illusion that worked the first time. And the answer to it is simply binary. Either move the hell out of the way and let the people painting the fence decide their own future with this thing, or start treating it like a real company, paying real salaries with real verticals, and then you can yell at everybody just like Mark Benioff or Larry Ellison or anybody else does because they're employees of yours. But you can't have it both ways anymore. But, like... I think if you look at where WordPress started, a fairly junior level developer could hop in, touch the code and make impactful differences to WordPress core. The level of complexity that WordPress is at now, especially with all the Gutenberg stuff, is orders of magnitude greater. Like a junior developer can't hop in and just like ramp up the speed with all this stuff. And so all of a sudden, the only people that can really meaningfully move the project forward like in in a speed and architecture sort of place are extraordinarily knowledgeable people that are being paid very high salaries and that are already way too busy probably in life and i think like that is at the core of the problem it's one thing when you can get all of your friends to whitewash a fence but it's another thing when you're painting a billion dollar mansion and you have to hire the best painters in the world and then all of a sudden like like what do you do and i think that's probably like the the core of the issue here is that how complex WordPress has gotten, how few people can actually meaningfully contribute to it anymore. Um, and what happens then? Like, does Automatic foot the bill? Does GoDaddy foot the bill? Or not footing the bill? Like, some yeah, people have to start footing in this decided. bill. We, you were on board with this many shows ago. But last week, we all decided, um, everybody can thank us later, that we need to align corporate sponsorship with particular vertical projects in the WordPress core so that they actually get managed in a way that would be comparable to a private company, right? So corporate sponsors who are vested in the accessibility can put money in front of a committee of people that aren't 
with Matt auditing them to say, here's a budget of a half a million dollars sponsored by blankety blank to get accessibility fixed. And then they hire a team leader, they allocate it, they do you know all the normal development stuff and just do it for each vertical. Corporate sponsorship aligned with the interests that everybody benefits from, including them. Matt gets out of the way, Josepha runs the project, but in a way that is comparable to a private company. Problem solved, folks, it's over. Because the, the only thing we have a problem right now with is Matt not getting out of the way. That's really it. Because everybody else seems to be willing to put money up. The corporate sponsors are there. The incentive for all the private companies that want to essentially benefit from this. And certainly the end users, we could, oh my God, we could be three years ahead of where we're at today if somebody would just get out of the way. Because it is, as you said, Stephen, ridiculous to assume that a bunch of people at a WordCamp can get together for an hour and a half and meaningfully contribute to WordPress. That is such a farce. On the other hand, if there was a private individual who got a quarter million bucks to run a project and they doled out money for every bug that was fixed, that shit would be fixed yesterday, like a normal company. And then get the disalignment out of the way, which we discussed last week, which is between .com and .org. It's wrong, as John Locke rightly pointed out, or maybe it was Sally as well. When you have a pharmaceutical company funding a public good study about why some this or that responds to medicine, that, by the way, we happen to have the patent on, and we're selling it, you know, 100 times the normal price. And that's what's going on with .com and .org. Is .com is calling all the shots to, to throw cover in front of .org. Yeah, I th I think John, people, you haven't had a chance. Yeah, jump in. Yeah, I haven't had a chance. Yeah, I I, I think people are seeing through that um, that all the the five for the future talk, and I want to give back to WordPress because it's made me all this money. And don't criticize WordPress because you make money with it. You know, it, it's really people's own hard work. WordPress is just the the medium through which it flows, but. Matt criticizing everybody from companies that sponsor uh, these WordCamps and sponsor development like GoDaddy or criticizing his own volunteers um, in, in the Make blog. I mean, it just it's turning everybody off from wanting to contribute at all. And I've noticed this uh, mood shift within the community where people aren't necessarily lining up to do five for the future uh, because they see it for what it is like uh, automatic is basically wanting people to or expecting not even like wanting to expecting people to like contribute and companies to contribute like their time and resources and not giving them any say in the direction of the project and it's just completely turning people off so uh, any final thoughts? Before I'm going to just throw this out there as a bit of a contrarian thing because it, we're we're very quick to criticize Matt and 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 Automatic, um, but we wouldn't be where we are without the investments Automatic has made mm. in WordPress to begin with. Um, it's it's a comfortable place for us to do that, but um, I think Five for the Future and some of these other things, if we take a less pessimistic view and flip it a little bit and go, okay, let's assume some positive intent here. The, the, the original intent wasn't to try to, um, you know, force people to 
pay for the work that Automatic's going to win off of. It was to say, look, this is too big for Automatic to do on its own. They're already investing a ton into the project. Can we can we create space for others who are benefiting from this to contribute in a way that has some messaging and some parameters around it and that we can celebrate as an organization. So um, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with any of the statements that have been made here. I think they all come from valid uh, places, but I also think a, a bit of balance here as well is that it's not all bad. And um, there are great people that have been um, trying to bring other people into the fold and that's uh, that, that can be commended. Yeah, I just want to say I, I, I really take on board what you just said, James. But if, hey, Stephanie, have you ever had somebody that's really you meet them the first time and they are really, really you really like them and they are really got insightful and you look forward to the next meeting and then you have the next meeting and they are they are a bit they're awful they're horrible and they're rude and so you think well this is like a sec this is a this is a totally different person somebody stopped their meds right and then you have a third meeting and they're back to being really nice and sweet and and you think what is going on here who am i dealing with am i dealing with mr nice or am i dealing with mr grumpy or the psychopath and everyone is entitled to a bad day or to stress or to, you know, making a mistake or things like that. The reason I, I agree with, was it uh, Stephen that said this should be a different title? I, I agree. I think that, but I do think that it is a PR problem. And, you know, like if you're, if you're having those days, like don't lash out to people publicly, <laughs> particularly maybe not people who are volunteering for you, you know, like, so we do have an issue with, uh, you know, and you guys know I'm a Matt fan. I like him, but I also want to just like put my arm around him and be like, buddy, maybe stop tweeting. You know, like maybe just chill a little bit. Like maybe just do your work quietly in the privacy of your own home like we all do. And thank God for Josepha because I'm turning into a Josepha fan too because I think she is doing her best to get out there and, you know, Calm people down. I mean, yeah, anybody I that just can want to wish sit her. in a room with you and Andrew and not losing it was pretty. You know, I mean, you got to get. I'm going to embarrass her. She, um, she um, of the week of the word count. She's getting married, and I just want to wish her a great day, and uh, I wish her a lot Aww. of happiness. Lucky guy, right? Because she's awesome. Okay, guys, let's move on to our next story. This one is in Fortune magazine. It's about Malcolm Gladwell. Um, it's uh, by Chloe Taylor. Malcolm Gladwell says it's not in your best interest to work from home. However, nearly 20 years ago, he said he hates desks and writes from his couch. So I don't know why this is so newsworthy. I'm a huge, I love Malcolm Gladwell too. I've read tons of his books. I think he, and I listen to his revisionist podcast. What is it? Revisionist history podcasts and stuff. So, um, what do you guys, what was yeah. your take on, on this article, Jonathan? Um, it's it's been a continuous pattern ever since COVID. People that I really look up to and saw as kind of intellectual heroes are no longer heroes. Um, and like you, Malcolm's writings and books and have intellectually 
really influenced me enormously. And I find some of his books have moved me. Some of the chapters, some of the elements of some of his books have really personally moved me. Um, Outliers is one of my favorite books. Yes, Outliers. So good. It's a fantastic book. Um, I read that. That was one of those books where you like, you're talking to your friends, you're like, please read this so we can talk yeah. about it. You please read it, this some so parts of it. Some parts of it are very moved, I found personally moving. Um, and I understand where he's coming from, but it's just the optics. It's very linked to story one that optics are just awful. Well, I mean, just acts, come on, you know, Malcolm. We don't change. How dare you change your mind after 20 years? Well, no, it's not that, but he, he's Is this a mo- news, really? Like, I just, like, who cares? Yeah, so, well, no, it isn't, fine. because if you, uh, you know, I'm sorry that the article's in the paywall, because I I, um, I watched the video on This Week in Startups, because it expanded into a whole how companies deal with this and other issues. Um, so I, I, but people on the panel don't like watching videos, so that's why I put the article up. Um <laughs> We stand. But um, but um, it's just that you know it's a bit like the first story. These you know you when you have a certain level of wealth and influence, you can start living in a bit of a crystal palace. You're, you're not living in the real world, and the optics of his statements are so bad and so come across so privileged, and that. I found it kind of slightly nauseating that and pompous and nasal looking in the supreme. Um, but there are bigger issues about how how can you have a company culture where everybody isn't in office? So how do managers manage people? How how will this? increase offshoring, uh, accelerate it. There's a whole load of big issues. That's it, Stephanie. I, I think the fascinating thing about this whole like work from home or work from an office is it gets at the core idea that people need other human interactions. And there's a group of people that are very capable and able to find clubs, churches, organizations, hobbies to, 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 to create the, that group of human interaction. And work doesn't have to be that place. There's other subsets of humans that work is that place, and that's how they they connect with people. And I think uh, if you look across those groups, the people who are more reliant on work to create those social structures for them are having a harder time in this long-term work-from-home transition. Um, Just as like we're we're a completely remote company, um, and there there are moments where those connections and like living a fulfilling life, if you will, can be a struggle because you've just eliminated eight hours of human interaction that you have per day and condensed it down to two, three Zoom meetings. Um, And that has a real like tangible thing. And And so I think some people can do it very successfully. Other people have a harder time doing it. I don't think it's necessarily right or wrong as like a whole human thing. Um, but I think for some people it is very wrong and for other people it's very right. And so kind of have to fall and find your own niche. And I think companies are aligning it. I love it. Does Malcolm Gladwell own a bunch of commercial property or something? (laughs) (laughs) Is is that what he's uh, tripping on? I mean, who's going to think of all the middle managers who 
are, are missing the fact that they can go to their job and get away from their family and go uh, dominate like and make life hell for their for their employees. I mean, that's the only people who aren't benefiting from being in the office. I mean, a lot of this work, especially in tech or, or but there's a tons of other jobs that can be done completely remotely. So why would people jump in their car, sit in, in like traffic for two hours to, to go to an office and be away from their family? It makes no sense. So crazy. I think- um, Sally, Sally Getrimes with Sketch put a, a comment to a reply to this in our um, Slack group that was, I thought was very well said. I'm going to read it to you. She said, the whole business is silly. Some people work better from home. Some people have chaotic home environments and can't concentrate there. So would do better in an office or a co-working space. The folks who say it's not possible to collaborate and make connections online are really saying it's not possible for them. As those of us who've had to build our social support networks mainly through the internet since the early 90s know perfectly well that is obviously possible for us. So I thought she just, she nailed it with that brief little comment. Uh, thanks, Sally. Wish you were here today. She's not feeling well. So anyway, um, who else has a, a thought on this? James, you got something? Yeah, no, I was just saying like, I, you're, you're absolutely right. It's different strokes for different folks, right? Like um, for for many of us, we've, We've been in some type of remote environment for a very long time. When I was working at Envato, we had a, a hybrid model. And I was just saying uh, this morning to my wife that I miss my my train commute into the office uh, a couple times a week because it was just that brain break from all the other things that I had going on that allowed me to recenter on work-related things or, you know, decompress before I, I jumped into family life. Um and uh, and so there is, but I also think we're you know when you talk about like community life or or how people um, go through um, stages of of getting to excellence, right? We talk about forming, storming, and norming. We've had two years of forming this new way of working where we're eighty to ninety percent remote or one hundred percent remote. Remote, and now we're hitting that storming phase where we're we're encountering the problems, the real world reality of being fully remote. And now it's not ending in three months or six months. You know, the pandemic is here for a while. Work has fully changed. We've now got to embrace this new way of working, and all of those things that we were ignoring as problems up until now where we're starting to confront and um, that sense of belonging. You know, I was talking, my, I was talking to my mom earlier this week about, uh, about this. And she was saying, you know, uh, isolation is just ramping up that, that sense of isolation. Right. And we get into that echo chamber of isolation where, you know, like things that, that we think about ourselves, that we think about our, our, our work colleagues that we would have been able to address in a, in-person setting, we don't have that anymore. So there's a lot of these challenges and problems with remote work that people are not yet equipped to be able to deal with and handle and manage through. And um, if we can sort that out, um, I think the next stage obviously is norming and it's just going to become how we work. And, you know, whether it's in an office or or not, we'll, we'll figure it out. I, I, I would just storming, like storming what, and norming. To what James said, which is, I'm a big fan of the movie from Mike Judge called Office Space, back from, I believe, the early 2000s, if not late. And the premise of the movie, which any of us who grew up in that era and had friends who worked in Silicon Valley or worked, uh, you know, in San Mateo or whatever, is that 
there were all these sort of um, corporate offices up in the hills of wherever, Marin or otherwise, that they packed with 20-something-year-olds and more who became drones. And then the, the main character in the movie is uh, the funny manager guy who essentially just goes around to all the cubicles going, mm, yeah, we're going to need you to come in on Saturday. Mm, yeah, we need the TPA report. It was played by that Gary, whatever his name is. And so I want to use this as a contrast to this bullshit about remote work. I've had to remote work my entire life because I've been an entrepreneur. Corporate employees and entrepreneurs are different personalities. Just like when I worked as an attorney, I had to go to a trial environment. I had to be in the court with attorneys. When I was in my 20s in a wool suit getting on the train, out of a typical 8 to 10 hour workday, I worked an hour. And the rest of the day was spent doing all the other bullshit, getting to work and getting the coffee and getting oriented and talking to whatever. And the, 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 the. and even if I worked for myself, I worked both ways, once for a law firm, once for myself. Nine out of 10 hours were wasted. You know what the benefit of remote work is? Is that it's really, really truthful about what you're doing is either work or not. And in a typical work day, maybe I'll do three hours of work. But there's no confusion about when I'm working. And instead of commuting an hour each way or all the bullshit with wearing a wool suit or listening to the, mm, yeah, we're going to need the TPA report, I just do the work or I mark it. And that's it. It's pure. So my argument against Malcolm Gladwell is he's just looking for a topic for a new book because I think he's just way the hell off a of base. The only people who benefit from people being in the office at the moment are if it's like a necessity for mechanical reasons, like you need the guys or the women in the lab or whatever, the C-suite employees, so they feel important, and the middle management to justify, go like Gary Collins or whatever his name was, going around and making sure there's a head in the seat because they feel uncomfortable if somebody's at home and does like a whole day's work and then goes off and spends the rest of the time doing Costco shopping or being with their kids. Sorry. I agree. Can we move on to our next story, you guys? And that, by the way, was sponsored by Dukes. If you are a ketogenic <laughs> dieter like yourself, Dukes will help you be very peppy. peppy. I don't know what. Back to I show. don't know what's in that Dukes, but you know, uh, All right, let's move on to our next story, guys. This one is on the getellipsis.com website, and I would like to just send a personal message to getellipsis.com to say I had to click three things to close before I could read this article on my phone on your website. So sort that out because it's annoying. The article that we're talking about today is who's winning on the WooCommerce marketplace. How many of you guys have um, uh, anything that you're selling in the WooCommerce marketplace? Spence, oh, no. you do? They, no, I, oh. I, I, I misguessed what you were going to ask. Oh, Sorry. well then what was your answer? How many people care about this article? I care about this article because this comes from Alex. Who is this is a good one. Yeah, this is a good, this is, this is a approved, Steph approved article. Yeah. And this is an actually very revealing article because <laughs> the long tail of it. I'll wait my turn. Relax, Jonathan. I know what you're getting into. No, Stephanie. I no, don't know what, I don't know what to say there to die. She's, she's Jonathan's really just happy you're taking all this action from me instead. <laughs> I know. Okay. No, yeah, I mean, you notice the difference. Sorry, I apologize. The difference, Stephanie doesn't just try to put her fingers into my cage and poke me. 
she realizes when I'm about to say something and she gives me a little room to let it out and then it passes quickly. You just stick your hand in the cage and then you're surprised when I bite. All right. You two are in timeout for a minute. Uh, James, what do you think about this article? Uh, uh, like anything Alex writes is insightful and uh, he's he's a good guy. So um, I think what's what's interesting is just seeing the mix. You know, I, I come from a marketplace background as well, having spent five years working at Envato. So looking at, at sheets like this and, and breakdowns like this, it doesn't surprise me um, to see who's winning. Right. And how uh, how much of the market share is owned by, you know, a very few top uh, producers. Um, I think what it does, though, is uh, I think for smaller independent producers shows where there's opportunity to challenge uh, the status quo. Right. Like these guys are making a lot, these people are making a lot of money in this space, but there's opportunity. For those, to who disrupt. for those who haven't read the article, give a quick little recap of what you're. Um, well, the, the article, I think, talks about like the five highest grossing WooCommerce extensions. Um, it, it, there's some, some graphs in here which are really cool that just show the distribution of revenue by vendor. Um, and uh, uh, Alex goes on to ask the question, can new listings get traction? And, you know, marketplaces are a really interesting space because pole position matters first to market matters, rankings matter, and um, it can make it can make it really challenging for new entrants without a really innovative product to get any kind of traction or any kind of exposure. Um, the other challenge here is um, you know you you look at who owns uh, WooCommerce and who owns some of the vendors here and where the competition goes and there's some uh, I would say, um, oh, what is it? You know, when you have a uh, 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 conflict of interest, that's what I'm looking for, right? Like company some of the things town, going, yeah, company so, store, yeah, company store, exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's that's what I have to say. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it, uh, Stephen. You have something. Uh, I think WooCommerce is, is is winning the WooCommerce marketplace with their rev share deals. Uh, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, this is a little bit like tangential, but I think what's interesting about uh, going back to like our Gutenberg discussion, not to drag things in from the past, but uh, something that I've been thinking about is like who benefits the most by a third party page builder that is not affiliated with anything like WooCommerce is probably the largest plugin. I mean, owned by the same people that are directing it, but um, also the WooCommerce plugins, like if Elementor would come out with its own e-commerce platform uh, that would decimate probably anybody that's, you know, has created a whole plugin that operates with uh, WooCommerce and stuff. But I'd be interesting on your perspective on that, Spencer, like is the necessity of like uh, Gutenberg and WooCommerce and figuring out how that all works? Because you've had a plugin that's kind of like it'll transcend different page builders and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So here's my sort of summary on this whole situation. The, the company store model, the first mover advantage is real. The do as I say, not as I do model is real. Now, we can't begrudge WooCommerce because it's the plugin, because it's clearly, 
it's a it's a financial transactional plugin, and it's the one that I recommend to everybody. So even in my new spin, which is Launch Kit, which is a way to get past all of these problems for people to get started and what to use, WooCommerce is the plugin for everybody to have. Now, the WooCommerce marketplace is slightly different, and I want to address what WooCommerce is doing at the behest of Automatic in relation to the companies that are making the most revenue. Okay, so the do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do model is that WooCommerce, which is a free plugin in the repository, is basically an advertorial phone home, jam it down your throat, everything you cannot do as a private plugin in the repository, WooCommerce does. Everything. It violates at least five major tenets of what you're not allowed to do. And furthermore, Woo.com plus the WooCommerce payments gateway are unilaterally trying to squash through outbound messaging and third-party communications any competition. Matt, we already realized, had his moment of doubt and pain when he went over to GoDaddy. But the point is, this is a love-hate relationship, and you have to address it as it is. The WooCommerce product provides the greatest opportunity for anybody, I'm one of them, to make solutions that matter because people will pay for things that have to do with their store, their transactions, their membership, and so forth. There are several plugins that compete against things like WooCommerce subscriptions, two of which I have direct interactions with. One's from Yith and one's from another company. The point is, they can't get anywhere near the exposure of the WooCommerce subscriptions plugin because of what WooCommerce does and how it presents it and how everything is locked together. And nobody is willing to take a chance to break the most important thing ever, which is their piggy bank of their store. So the psychology of it for all the buyers is the same too. It's like, hey, are you going to use our, uh, you know, from the company part or are you going to use the uh, off-brand and everybody's afraid to do that, right? And why did that just go mafia? Like, why did okay. that go? Like, hey, why did that just go? This Italian? is what I go into Sopranos mode. There's a degree of psychological, it'd be a shame if something happened to your WooCommerce <laughs> store when you're using the off-brand subscription plugin. And I'm saying that's bullshit in the same way that it's bullshit that some companies that we were just talking about, soon to have a podcast, do black hat things where somebody believes they have to follow a prescriptive series of steps that do nothing more than make them locked into a SaaS product. So here's the conclusion and the solution, because this is what I promised. I myself have taken it on this year and it's free. It's free. Shush, Jonathan. I swear to God, I will turn off your camera. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, I am saying... What are you oh, saying? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm done here. There I'm a shitty I'm always funny. I'm shot. I'm shot. I'm out. <laughs> you are listening only and sweet. not watching. Spencer just completely froze right then. You said, this is the one thing know, I'm going to say. Everybody's camera froze. went off. Did that happen for you too? Nope. No, nope. you just froze. <laughs> okay, well, uh, apparently somebody has their finger on the button of my internet connection. So that's one way. That's one way to keep me temporarily quiet. The bottom line. Your, your bottom connection line is, is your brain. <laughs> well, the bottom line is, we can do like the Emperor's New Clothes story. What I do through LaunchKit, through Launchify, through all these whatever, is to shine a light, and then politically to try to share with people there are alternatives out there. 
that deserve the attention and can be demonstrated to be as good or better. And in many cases, gateways and everything else. Absolutely. The gateways themselves from WooCommerce are the worst choices of all the choices on the market, but they become the default use and they get the most revenue because people don't feel that they have a choice. Whether it's intentional or not is to be debated, but there's plenty of factual evidence that it's intentional and there's nobody standing up for the little guys. For example, for example, he's having trouble. God doesn't like. Um, can I just jump in? I think this article is very linked to the first article because it highlights all the hypocrisy, um, duality, double speak. It it kind of highlights the hot mess that is WordPress in some ways. It's all a hot mess. And it's always been a bit like that. But it's it our with, hot mess, right? Yeah, because it goes with open source. and But in some ways, it does need a bit of clarifying and cleaning up, really, because these contradictions and dualities are getting to such a level that I don't think it's sustainable, but that's just my impression. As we do I, need to really, move on... Sorry, but Spence, do you want to try one last time? Yeah. Let me just close the sentence up because I got apparently yeah. cut off. Just to say this. I don't feel I don't feel that I have any obligation or duty to to speak up, but like Master WP does their part and everybody does their part individually. I feel like my benefit or part in this is to demonstrate for people factually, objectively what's really going on and to speak candidly about it because there's nothing wrong with WooCommerce or any of the companies that they own doing what they do. What's wrong is that it legitimately is a, a company store model, like really nearly impossible for another company to get any kind of traction unless somebody shines a huge light on it. And they're not doing anything to make that any different because it benefits them financially at automatic and wordpress.com. And that's the problem. It's not a, a level playing field like it might have been in the early days where everybody was just an independent person making stuff. Now it's automatic, owns WooCommerce, and all the stuff in it is theirs, and they've got $85 million of revenue, and good luck getting that competing. For example, there's some crazy re renegade who's at North uh, Commerce who legitimately believes, and I love the, the gung-ho, that he's going to make a competitor to WooCommerce. I love the spirit of it, but like legitimately Don Quixote with one horse and, you know, a lance trying to go up against automatic. Any, any other, anybody else need to finish anything off there? Cause I, we really got to move on to our, uh, we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors. We'll be back in just a second. Propolis throat spray keeps me <laughs> argumentative throughout every one of these shows. <laughs> I want to hear the sound effect when it does it. Like uh, on um, that's that's how I'm funding my WordPress. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hold on. We have to have a break from our sponsors. Build next-generation WordPress forms with WS Form, the only fully responsive, no-code form plugin. Choose from over 60 feature-rich field types, conditional logic, repeaters, calculations, and more than 65 integrations to build intuitive, accessible forms. Upgrade your form plugin today at wsform.com.
Use coupon code WPTONIC for 20% off any WS Form edition. Hey, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with LaunchFlows. Get your copy today. Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the tribe. With Focus WP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love, outsource the rest. And we're back. Okay. So, guys, don't forget, if you are listening and you have not already signed up for the WP Tonic newsletter, you got to get yourself over to wp-tonic.com slash newsletter. Not only is there a sign-up form there where you can get a weekly newsletter with all of Mr. Jonathan Denwood's deepest, darkest thoughts and feelings. But you can also see a nice long list of a bunch of deals and promotions from sponsors of the show. So definitely head over there, wp-tonic.com slash newsletters. And now on to our next story in the newyorktimes.com website. This is um, an article that is also behind a paywall. So I couldn't well, read it. Uh, and it's, uh, but here's the title of the article. Uh, Adam uh, Andreessen Horowitz backs WeWork co-founders property venture. I wish I could have read this. I don't read well, it. You could have done a Google search. Online. There's plenty of other articles. You click view and reader, you can see it. Don't give me more work to do, Jonathan. You can send me a Google search for a readable you know, article. So somebody recap it. John Locke, hit us. Too with long the didn't read. Uh, white guy gets a chance at at people's money again just because. You know, it, it, it's because these investors, they see themselves in the people they invest in. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing to me that we got 13% of the population is black people. We got, you know, 30% like Hispanic people. Yet who gets most of the money? The white guy who flushed a bunch of money down the drain with WeWork. He gets another chance, chance after chance. Can't say that there's nothing to that. So, yeah, can I? Yeah, go I'll for be, it. I'll be interesting to see what Spencer has to say about yeah. this because he has actually dealt with one of the key players in this article. I've got such mixed feelings about it because, in some ways, I do understand the business logic because this particular market utilizing their language is ripe for disruption as that's the language that they like to utilise. But on the other hand, in my opinion, um, him and his wife are two of the worst white-collar criminals in North America. Uh, Why they're not in prison, um, I do not understand, because in my opinion, they are white-collar criminals that 
that semi-defrauded a number of professional investors that should have known better, but also... Semi-defraud somebody. Um, but also smaller people. Um, I interviewed with Andrew, the CEO of Meetup, David, who actually had to work with this crazy piece of work. And he he he, he told me stories after the interview that are just mind-numbing about the drift, the corruption, the the... His wife is even a worse creature than him. It's just unbelievable that a major investment VC company would want to do any business with this guy, but they have. It, it is quite amazing, really, in my opinion. James, James would you invest in Adam Newman? No. Um, <laughs> no. I, I, there's nothing much more to say, right? Uh, you know, like we we still live in a culture where business rise and falls on on its leadership, and we don't have a lot of systems in place. To, I I don't think um, to to temper bad leaders. Bad leaders are given permission to continue being bad in situations like this. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's really irresponsible of um, anyone to invest in leaders with a proven track record of mismanagement and failure, um, both on a professional level. And I would argue on a personal level as well. Um, there's me being strongly opinionated on something to uh, counter you there, Spence. Yeah. Well done. So a couple different things here. First of all, uh, my early in my tech experiences, I dealt directly with Mark Andreessen, who, by the way, was three years younger than me at the University of Illinois. Obviously, financially has done better than most human beings on the planet. But let's let's clarify first of all. Andreessen Horowitz, the two founders, are not likely personally so involved in the, the details of the deal, but their purpose to exist business-wise. It's all about the return on investment. Yeah. That's it. Uh, th like you could be grinding people up into Soylent Green. If he <laughs> feels that it's a good return on investment, that's not a problem. It doesn't mean he's a bad human. It's that watch the TV show, again, by Mike Judge, uh, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. It's hilarious, but the behavior of the people in that is so close to reality that it's hard to tell it. Like the onion is hard to tell from modern, normal newspapers. Second of all, the reason that I think this Adam Newman and his wife aren't in jail, unlike uh, our, our starry-eyed female founder who's in jail with her co-founder, is because they ripped off Masayoshi-san yeah. to the tune of $18 billion, who's a proud Japanese person who, by his cultural norms, sucked it up and apologized. I mean, in the old days, might have killed himself, hard carrier or whatever the you know honorable death was, because... He realized he made a big mistake, but he basically took the hit. It wasn't a bunch of little investors, and it wasn't a bunch of people that the government felt they had to protect. If there had been like a Madoff situation or like, you know, the medical situation, the government steps in because that's where they get their best publicity. I'm protecting the people. Nobody wants to hear a story how the government wasted money to go get back Masayoshi-san's money for him. Okay. 
finally, the reason that this is working out is because Andreessen Horowitz has nowhere to put money at the moment. And this guy has the credibility, the notoriety to get news. So there's two companies that are being founded, and he's a co-founder. And I guarantee his ill-gotten gains are also being added to the mix. So he's not like without skin in the game. And that's all that one needs to know. It's disgusting. It's just the way it is. And if you looked at the list of any of the investments of a larger nature, and look at Uber with, uh, you know, Travis and everything else, like everybody who ever's worked for him says he's a, the worst misogynistic lunatic on the planet. But everybody wanted to give money to him because the only color they see is green. <clears throat> and that's it. And, you know, we live in a weird world because one of the things that I'm personally optimistic about, how things will benefit and change for everybody, is as things get horribly bad with consumptive, you know, megaculture, like we have everybody sucking off of the oil nipple. As soon as we move that over to a renewable energy source that benefits people that will make billions of dollars for the same recipient corporations... Everybody's going to wake up in a world where, like, magically, every day there's new things that could have been done years ago to benefit people for medicine, for technology, for power. It's just aligning the financials with something that's not consumptive in a bad way, but rather is productive in a good way. And that's the thing. Like, it's just that simple. And I, and I find it, I don't know, like, weird because I'm a capitalist at heart, but I'm a spiritual person. It's like, I wish we could get there faster. But I think the story has to play itself out with the good guy, bad guy, the hero's journey, the whole thing, you know, and that's that whole process. Uh, guys, let's move on to our next story. WPTavern.com, an article by Sarah Gooding, newsletter glue closes free plugin on WordPress.org. This is uh, the lovely Leslie Sim, her plugin, uh, Leslie Pizza Sim. on Twitter, which is always such a fun uh, I love her Twitter handle. Um, what do you guys think, Stephen? Do you have any thoughts about this uh, situation that she's dealing with, with the free versus the paid? Yeah, I feel like it's just kind of a bummer because it's one of those things mm-hmm. that you just learn in life is <clears throat> that like, you have to do things, you have to build things, you have to create things. And they got to this point where they looked back and were like, oh, we made some some wrong decisions early on that have like impacted where we are now. And now it's better if we just get rid of the free plugin. I don't think they... I think they see what the value is in a, in having a free plugin, and there could have been a a pathway to having that free plugin really help propel the business of the pro plugin. But uh, they just made some some poor decisions, um, new always, mistakes, as yeah, she calls them. Yeah, new mistakes, and we all do that, right? And it's always a bummer. I mean, like I know the feeling. I mean, where you have made decisions yep. way back when that you didn't think were big deals at all, and then. In five years, you realize like, oh man, we really Dang screwed it, I've missed up. out on so much money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. James, do you have any thoughts on this? Not, not anything. I think you know we all, we all can see um, what what I actually really like is is Leslie's willingness to acknowledge, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. yeah, I made mistakes or or we didn't get yeah. it right, and um, we're happy to be closing it down because it gives us a chance to move on. That kind of permission for other creators is really, really powerful because how many of us let our pride get in the way of making the wise business decision, right? And and so for, for her and the team there to do that, I think is it's a good example. I agree. Uh, John Locke, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I just thought it was um, 
Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of like plugins on the repository that uh, use the freemium model, but the way that that Leslie had it set up is uh, the free version would uninstall when users would add the pro version, and seeing that, that obviously means that that a lot of the users are converting to the pro version because it only had like 200 installs on the free version. So, uh, you know, I guess it makes sense if, if, if they weren't getting like new installs just from the free and people are going straight to the pro kind of makes sense. So, but yeah, the, maybe the, the repository thing, isn't always needed. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say that the thing that bothers me is I, I kind of almost think that like their approach is a better end user experience. Like, yes, it tanks your, your, uh, free plug-in so there's not a it doesn't get rated as high and all that stuff and like from a business bad idea but like from just a pure user it drives me nuts when you have to have the free plug-in and a pro Same. plug-in installed uh so like i think they made like better decisions from a user standpoint and it's just you know bit them in the butt when it came to user stuff i totally agree i hate that that you have to keep a whole extra <laughs> plug-in installed um all right oh spence did you have something yep there's a debate that I think Paul Charlton is going to do a live uh, stream about it. It came up in the Dynamic WordPress group about uh, uh, somebody I know, everybody knows, Vova Feldman and Freemius. And it's relevant to this conversation because I know Leslie, and we talked about this, and we both are partnered up there with InstaWP for doing our demos and such. The real bottom line here, and Stephen brought out the light of this, I, do, I too am annoyed beyond belief when you have the free plugin and then you got to add one, two, five, seven, ten add-ons, you know, to get the result because it's very confusing user experience. But it's worse, in my opinion, to use Freemius because I think Vova's gone too far with that. In other words, it, it shocks people like immediately with you must join our master list and this and that. And even if you can opt out, it's not what I came to the store to the buy, you know, for free. So where I think the solution lies, and that's my point, is back to Let's beat up on .org a little bit more and say, doesn't it seem much more logical that you can have a plugin in .org that has a very clear, this is a free plugin, and you click a button, and you can upgrade it to premium and stop playing this bullshit game that you can't talk about it in the support form. You, can't, uh. but you can link out right now. I have several plugins that do that. But the model that the .org provides uh. doesn't give the end user the continuity or the one-stop shop, which, by the way, wouldn't that nicely balance out the appearance in the dashboard of what WooCommerce is doing right now? Like, if I can search for a plugin and I find Newsletter Glue and I see it's free to try, and then right here I know I can just move gracefully into whatever, then you don't have to pick and choose between mm -hmm. the watch out what you say and the market on my own. And I've done it both ways. My clients who are software authors have done it both ways. And everything Leslie says is right. It's very difficult to have to choose up front how much to give away. And let's look at one example. Like launch flows never went into the repository, but cart flows went into the repository. And with 200,000 whatever installs on the free version, Sujay and Adam had to cut that thing down to be so broken as to not even be functional for most people. But they leave it there as a billboard in order to get them over to the dark side, which is where the real product is. And that's how everybody has to do it. And that's what's wrong with WordPress right now. In, we'll get in line 
Why can't yeah, we just I was gonna say, wait, that's the one thing? Well, I'm just saying, like, why in 2022, 16, 17 years later, are we pretending that the entire ecosystem is not a capitalist-based marketplace? So, yeah, it's all free. If you look at, like, uh, some other platforms, like HubSpot's marketplace and how they handle that, <laughs> they, they have this very interesting thing that I haven't seen in other marketplaces where – like they have free stuff and then they will show at the bottom or they require the developers to show at the bottom what is included in free and then the price and what's included in each tier as you upgrade. And it makes it super simple to like look at something and be like, yeah, I can use that or no, I'm going to have to pay $100 a year or whatever. Uh, if WordPress could do something like that, that would be ideal. We yeah. And again, the end user experience is still the same, right? Like, don't you just want to know what you're looking at when you go yeah. in and look at a free thing? It's like on the app store too. Like when there's an app that just says in-app purchases, I'm like, well, for what? Like, can I, can I get any functionality that I actually need? You know, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, just just be upfront and let people make the decision and then whatever. The, pro- the problem of just is the nature of the, the marketplace. Um, I, Derek Herman was responsible for creating ThemeForest's Zambato marketplace and so forth. And as a developer, he was in charge of a lot of product projects and I represented him and some other stuff. And we were talking about like this idea that I talked about years ago with somebody, I don't know who did it, like make a better search engine for the free plugins and the free themes. The problem isn't the searchability or the findability. It's that if it's in the repository, the egregious nature of the rules and the egregious way that the moderators deal with it, I myself getting the recent launch kit plugin approved, I, f- I felt like I had a very nice human being on the other end, but basically was told, I said, I'm an attorney. I've searched out this name. Nobody owns it. There's no current trademarks. There's no patent. There's no pro- There's nothing that would stop you from doing it. I want to use the name launch kit. And the first well-intentioned was like reading off of the instructions. It says, Oh, I, I saw there was the word launch kit used in 1872. And if we ever need to do so, we're just going to shut your plug in down. And I'm like, I know what you think you're going to do. And I know what the law is. And that's fine. I still want to use launch kit. But to a normal end user who's just trying to be a developer, the rules and the pressure from the top, like you can't say that and you can't do this. And we, oh, you can't answer this question about your paid plugin in the free repository. That has to change because if it did change, that's all that would be necessary to level the playing field. So now in the plugin place that everybody has in every WordPress install, it's a marketplace. Ta-da. It doesn't have to be a moo.com. And that's where the real friction is coming because automatic does not want that to happen. Well, we started out this conversation with saying that we think automatic has a PR problem. So maybe WordPress has a scaling problem and we're finally getting to the place where we're starting to address it. It's just dealing with a load of contradictions which are caused by a number of different players that have different business models and different objectives. And it's all all good stuff. It's bound to happen. I'm not gonna because I'm gonna save I'm I'm feeling a shag the donkey moment coming on, Stephanie, about the, the donkey. The last, the last story. I, I, oh, I we're feel, we're almost out of time. I was going to drop the last story, but let's no, do we're going to talk this, about Jonathan. the last. We're going to talk about okay, the last story. We're moving on feel, then. I feel, I feel Jonathan's ready to shag me. a donkey, yeah. so let's do this, everybody. <laughs> um, here we go. What Sponsored by Capsaicin. <laughs> no, stop. Ugh, that sounds painful. Hot Capsaicin. 
in the context of shagging. Anyway, let's just, okay. <laughs> What's happening to this? <laughs> we are heading over to YouTube. There is a video titled See Guys Because He Fired People. This is by Joshua Fluke. I'm not familiar with Joshua Fluke. This story is about Brayden Wallake. Wallake, I don't know how to pronounce it. He's the CEO of Hypersocial. And he had to fire some people. And he got real sad about it. And he took a selfie of himself crying. And then he posted an article that was only about himself. Like <laughs> Anyway, there's so many funny things about this. And also, like two days before that, he was all excited because he bought a new house. And then he realized that that was detracting from the viral nature of his crying picture. And so he deleted the happy post and just left the other one up. John Locke, I know you want to talk about this. Go for it. People are so self-absorbed. It, it it's crazy. How many takes did it did it take for him to get the perfect like crying shot? Perfect selfie. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say the same thing I said on Twitter when this was going viral, and that's he should have used his uh, network and his um, you know friends that other own other businesses to get those people jobs if he really cared. But he just thought that he would make it all about him. And, you know, me, 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 I'm the center of attention. Poor me. I had to lay all all my employees off, you know, but he made You know, what's the thing, John? He didn't think like, oh, I'm going to put something about me. He doesn't even, he's completely unaware. That's the thing. He's so oblivious. You're wrong, Stephanie. Stephanie, you're wrong. He is oblivious. He thought that was going to be received so well. (laughs) It's much, much more darker than that. It's Read the darker. room, Braden. It's much darker and he didn't, than that. He, and he's got all these people that he just laid off, and it didn't occur to him to maybe mention their names and see if he could help them get a job somewhere else. I was in two minds about this story because it's given him what he wants. He planned all this out. Right. Um, this guy is a drifter supremo, and he's... I don't know if you've been... He's... He, he keeps DMing me looking for work for his fucking company. And I've told him to go and fuck off. Real? I've told him to go and fuck himself. Brady Wacky is, is DMing you. Yeah. Well somebody sure. that works for his company. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna share any of your fucking posts, you dickhead. I'm never gonna hire your fucking company. I don't wish you well. You're, you're everything. You're everything. What's wrong with America? Because you think that even though you knew what people were going to cotton on to your piece of crap, that you were still going to benefit from it because it gets your name out there. I think you're in for a rude awakening, you piece of shit. Uh, um, because. I can't stand you, and I can't stand your company, and I'm never going to give you any money. Never, ever. I would like to give a shout-out to your British culture that's shown through in your insult that was, I do not wish you well. <laughs> I don't. I never will do. I don't wish, I personally dislike you. I do you. not wish you well. Okay. I'm going to save that one. i got to write that one down. Go, Stephen. Now, I, I did not dig super into deep, deep into this one, but something that, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like his employees and the people that fired he fired did not jump on the bad wagon of all this disliking him. Now I could, I've 
I could have missed it. And if I did, let me know. But I, 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 I do think that speaks to something that like all the judgment is coming from external. And if you would hate your boss or don't like your boss or whatever, you would think those people would jump on that bad wagon as well. Uh, Take that for what it's worth. But I think there is something meaningful that like he's being judged from external people. And really the, the, the people that should be judging him are the internal people. And I haven't heard or seen very much from them except positive things. So having, having been on the receiving end of a layoff, um, there's a checkout that happens um, when, when things go down. And like, I think, you know, like looking, looking at, at what he did and, and how he did it. Yeah. It just, he did not read the room uh, or, or if he read the room and, and thought he was going to get some sympathy out of it. Right. Like whatever, I think for the team that's there, probably like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Right. What are they going to do? Are they going to come out and say something negative against the person who is paying their, their rent, right. Or their, their mortgage No, probably not. Um, and there are other people involved. There's humans involved at the very center of this who now have no jobs. And I don't think they're interested in having anything to do with, like, if, if it was me, like, whatever, right? Like, I've sat in meetings where people are telling other people about the fact that I am no longer going to be working at that company. And I have to sit there and make a choice about whether I am going to be bitter, angry, or I'm already looking at how these relationships are going to help me get the next thing. So, you know, very, you know, materialistically, right? Like that's, that's what I'm thinking about as somebody who's in that situation. I'm not, I'm not thinking about the words. I'm probably not even hearing what's being said, right? So yeah, I think it's uh, just a classic example of somebody trying to really play to, you know, people's heightened compassion and, and being opportunistic with it. Sorry, mic drop. <laughs> what? No, it's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> Never apologize for your mic drop, James. That's hey, ridiculous. I'm Canadian. We apologize for everything. Oh, that's <laughs> great. You Showing up. You're very sorry. Remind me so, later. I'll tell you my best Canada joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm wondering why I went on such a rant. I think because I I slightly disagree. I disagree with. I wonder that every week, Jonathan. No, I just went on a total rant, didn't I? But James, I I just feel that you seem to be hinting that he just made he's just made a a tactical error. I I my I think the reason why I ranted so much, James, is I think it's even worse than that. I think he planned all this out. He just treated it as a social media campaign that would get his company good or bad exposure. And he just made a business decision that in the end, you probably get a lot of flack, but he also but it gets the name out there. And that's uh, all that matters. That's all that matters to these. What? You can't predict a viral response or a viral reaction, right? Like this got picked up. I think, Honestly, I think this is more, it's more humanistic than that. It's, it's probably his need for validation that's coming through and um, looking for a public validation of his feelings and his reaction and response and wanting to make sure that 
people know he is still a human. Like, like I, I look at it as it, it's in the same toxic boat as people who call their, their, um, you know, their workplace, their work, their family, right? It's that <laughs> yeah. kind of vibe, right? It's, it's, you know, oh, we're all family. Yeah. But you don't pay your family, you know, like you don't, it's the same idea, right? It's just that, that unhealthy, um, paternalistic view of, of his relationship with his employees, right? Like it's, it's, it's a power imbalance and he's, he's looking at it going, I've had to exercise this power imbalance, right? And, and, you know, end people basically. And he's got a, he's just looking to go like, am I still okay? And he's looking for other people to get there. I don't know. That's, if you if you're listening and you haven't watched the video, go watch the video because uh, Joshua Fluke does a great job of breaking down all the different job. elements. The part the part that cracked me up the most was like, yeah, you're a sensitive guy and you got upset at this, and I understand that. And the last time I was devastated by something and I was crying, you know what I didn't do? I didn't take a selfie of it. <laughs> you know, he's like. What makes you think like, oh, I should take a selfie right now? Like it is that that does make you think like, yeah, what was really going on? But I want to no, say anyway, if, if the panel if, if the panel is right, what their insights, especially James, I think you've got some you've done a fantastic job coming on the panel, James. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're correct, I want to apologize to Brendan because I was out of order. You're still you're you're still you know you have not done yourself any favors by what you've done here you've done but I, the reason I went on a rant Brendan is I do not appreciate people planning all this stuff out and thinking it's going to be a super social media campaign it really rubbed me up the wrong way Brendan and I wasn't very polite when I answered him through LinkedIn I was a bit I won't. Uh, Josh, tell you. let me ask you a question. Now, now that you've rethought things, do you wish him well? <laughs> if, if James' insights are correct, I do. I, I take back my feeling okay. of disappointment. Whoa! That <laughs> takes I, a big hand, Jonathan. I, I think this is binary situation. Either he decided to do this, and it, it would be. It would be really, really hard to imagine he was that clever, but let's say he decided it because this came out in LinkedIn. <clears throat> There's a woman who doesn't have anything to do with this, but who I admire in LinkedIn. Her name is Bridget Hyaseth, who deals with, with basically employment-related topics. When she posts in LinkedIn, she talks about stuff kind of like the Office Space movie that gets everybody riled up about some good thing. And she gets 25,000 comments, right? And she, she can't even take on any more connections because she's filled up. This guy, his entire business is CEO of Hypersocial, of Hypersphere. His business is viral marketing. So <laughs> it is possible that he did this intentionally. But here's the bigger takeaway. The only difference between a proper thing and the thing that got him so much attention was the crying. If he had just said the words, it would have actually come across as like somewhat empathetic. I mean, maybe he should have said something like, we're working with these folks to try to get them into positions or trying to help them out with a, you know, golden parachute. But there wasn't anything about the words that were offensive. It was the, 
oh my God, I, I basically crashed my van into my neighbor's house and killed all their children. And I'm so upset about it because my van, was, my van was brand new. You know, like you scr- I scratched my van. Now I lost my neighbors. Yeah. I don't have. So, so the egoism of that. But the second thing is that where he really, if it wasn't intentional, really made his mistake besides just not retracting the picture. <laughs> he started out coming out like the, the plug-in dude who, you know, took the free plug-in. Guns ablaze and like, hey, man, I'm, I'm right. You're wrong. You're an asshole. And, da, 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 da. and it was like only three days into the being pelted with rocks that he started to go like, hey, I stopped even working. All I'm doing is answering these questions. And you can see the evolution of his answers because, no, it was unrelenting. And so now you have 10,497 comments, probably 80 against 20 for him. And he served either one of those purposes. He either effed up royally and just made it worse by fighting or he accomplished his goal. Either way, this is back to the Andreessen Horowitz story about why the WeWork family gets money still. It's because no publicity is bad publicity when it comes to money. And I guarantee there's some private equity person that can't wait to talk to Braden. And give him some money and ride on the oh, well, That's for sure. Yeah. All right, you guys. Those were our stories for the week. I hope you enjoyed our take on them. If you are just listening or watching after the fact, go ahead and give us a thumbs up and join us in the live chat sometime. Greg Hyatt's lonely over here. Come join him. And no recommendations this week? Heck yeah, we're going to do recommendations. Guys, I'm just doing the thing, you know? It sounded like you're saying goodbye. I wasn't sure. Well, I'm giving people a minute to find the like button, Spence. While we I'm not worried about I like when you're in charge. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Spencer, do you have a recommendation for the week? I do, yes. I, I need to quickly grab it. So pass and come back to me next because I'm going to grab okay. the link. Hold on. All right. Steven, do you have a recommendation for the I trial? do. Uh, we've been doing a lot of PHP 8.0 upgrades uh, which is great on some sites and dubious at best at others. So uh, we found this plugin called Widget Detector for Elementor, which has been a lifesaver. Uh, so you install it. It tells you where and how many times every widget is used. And so if you have one of those plugins that just can't be upgraded because somebody's abandoned it along the path or whatever, uh, you can quickly just go through the page and clean it up. So that's really been helpful as we've been upgrading awesome. all of our sites from 7 to 8. Love it. Uh, John Locks popped one into the chat here. Want to tell everybody what you're sharing? Yeah, for 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 once, I'm gonna uh, promote my own stuff. This is uh, Google just yesterday released a uh, update, or they said that they're gonna do this update, this helpful content update. This is a, a video I put together yesterday and a accompanying article, just kind of doing a summary of it. So yeah, go check that out. Great. Yeah. John, you look so happy in your video thumbnail. I haven't yeah. seen, I've never seen you smile that big. Is it just WP Tonic that makes you not? It's, smile it's that WP big? Tonic and it's the gang. Okay. Yes. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. All right. James, making us feel good. Us. Please share your um, recommendation for the tribe. Oh, recommendation. So rather than a plugin or tool, I have to be careful because um, Stellar, we have a lot of plugins and tools that are connected. So in the spirit of no conflict of interest, uh, (laughs) I'm going to recommend a person instead. Um, And it's uh, Nye the Creator uh, on Twitter. Uh, She works at uh, MasterWP. We are, uh, I would say, uh, close 
colleagues who've never actually met. And um, she's just a really fantastic person to follow. Um, she's got a lot of insights on WordPress and the ecosystem and uh, a fellow uh, K-pop fan and Korean Korea file, just like me. So you see us NY? exchanging. Is it NY like New York? Nye the creator. NY, NY. yep. Nye the creator, yep. Nye underscore the underscore creator. Can, one of, can one of you cool. put both Stevens and James in Slack for us? Because that would really mm-hmm. be helpful. Not it. Um, let's see, Jonathan. What's your recommendation? Oh, just um, Paul. Um, you should go over and look at Zoho and what they're offering. If you're running an agency or you've got a client that's looking for some a CRM, um, I think Zoho's up in their game a bit. Some great improvements, and they offer some really very cost-effective solutions about office integration if you've got a client that's looking at HubSpot or Salesforce or um, Dynamic 360, you um, you might want to look at what Zoho's got to offer. I, I, I would love it if Zoho would up their game. I always liked what they were trying to do, but I, I could never really make it work. I do use one of their tools on the regular, though, which is not my recommendation for the week, but it's their Zoho um, Sales IQ and it puts it does yeah. a chat and it tracks like visitors to the site. It's excellent and it doesn't have a big lag or things like some of the other. You've got to watch there. some of the product. You know their mail product still doesn't work that well. It still has problems. But some of the other pro- products, you know, I think they've really moved them on. I'm a Google girl. I'm just all in on that, so I'm not going to move anytime soon. But um, but I do I do um, I'm all for them up in their game. Um, let's see, Spencer, are you ready to do yours? Yes. I found I had a problem recently, among others. Okay. Just one? I found myself <laughs> spending hour upon hour enraging myself following tweets and LinkedIn mm-hmm. posts. And I realized that I couldn't even remember the name of my good friend, Jonathan Dunwood, because my concentration was so bad. So I decided to do a social experiment many people have talked about, which was on mobile, uh, I disabled, you know, or I dis- I put in the timer from Apple that says, like, you got an hour for all of your social media per day. Mm-hmm. And I was inspired by this article, uh, depending on how, we eke mine concentration wiederfand, yeah. or how I found my concentration again. It basically says that we all have a part of our brain that's a muscle, which I agree it was going soft. And so I supplemented that with my Kindle where I have a bunch of interesting business related and biography related stuff. And I, I swear on everything that's good about WordPress that within two days I was, I went from not being able to finish a sentence to reading, you know, pages in seconds, like I used to back in law school and stuff. And I physically feel the difference because my, my dopamine receptor of like, what's, so I got rid of Apple news. I got rid of all the social things to limit to an hour. I limited my like business posting on Facebook only at my desktop. Incredible. Like feel better, think better. I still can't remember Jonathan Dunwood's name because it just hurts too much. But other Mm -hmm. than that, like all the other things I found were like exercising a muscle. And so I really encourage anybody of any age to try it because that impulse, you know, just like get your phone out. It's crazy. It's crazy. And you can break the habit. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to read that article. I can't wait. Mine is a YouTube video. 
Uh, I put it in Slack already, Jonathan. It is um, how to create a free resource library in WordPress. This is the guy who um, developed Beacon, which was an AppSumo deal a while ago that I was looking into and stuff. He looks like Clay Aiken, which I don't understand. That's very unrelated to why I'm sharing it. But um, if you know the guy who won American Idol or whichever one he was on. Uh, anyway, he's got a couple free tools and a no-code uh, option to share resources on your website instead of having a blank or a thin resource page or having a hassle to set it all up. Really cool little solution, free, no code. So anyway, check out that video. I'm going to try and implement that on my site as well. Um, I think that's it. We we are done for the week. Overtime as usual when Steph's in charge, but that's okay, I guess, because we had a good time. And uh Everybody behaved pretty well today. I'll give you guys all a gold star. Thanks. Thanks so much for James and Stephen being here. We've got an interloper sneaking in. Andrew Palmer, watch out. So you're here just in time to say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Right. Got bad we'll see you next week. See ya. He's incapacitated, he says. Bye, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.